0: Hi, welcome to Scattered. We're a group of friends from the same church who are serving God in different countries, and we're meeting online to chat through books of the Bible, chapter by chapter. We'd love you to join us. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Scattered. I'm joined this morning by Helen under her mosquito net and Juliet, who has, and neither of those ladies have just been telling me, neither of them have seen rain. Since last year. So we've just been having a very British weather conversation, whereas where I was feeling bad. Um, but tomorrow I'm flying to Africa. So that's exciting. Okay. um Morning, ladies. Helen, would you mind kicking us off with a review of where we've got to in Ezra so far, chapters one to three? Sure. Yeah.
1: So in chapter one, we see where God stirs Cyrus's spirit and uh, Cyrus, the king of Persia who have conquered the Babylonians, um, he allows the Jews to return back to Jerusalem to start rebuilding the temple. And more than that, actually, he sends them with the um, original temple vessels and a whole load of other things to help them along their way. And then in chapter two, we see that the exiles have returned. And there's this long list of names and their roles. And um, it's important despite, you know, our heart tends to sink when we see long lists like this, because it reminds those who are reading it and it reminds us that they where they come from and that God keeps his promises. And um, And then in chapter three, we see that the Israelites have a sense of a reset, that the priority is right worship of God. So they build, first they build the altar, uh, on the site of the old temple and then start on the temple itself. And chapter 3 ends uh, when the foundation of the new temple
2: was laid.
0: Thank you, that's great. So this morning we're going to try and look at chapters 4, 5 and 6. So it's going to be a little bit of a whistle-stop tour. Yeah, so chapter 4 is a little bit confusing because it comes, um, the times change. So at the beginning of chapter 4 we see that there's some opposition to the building work and people start to write letters to try and ascertain why they're there and what's going on and whether they have permission. So the first bit of chapter four continues straight on from chapter three. And then when the letter writing begins, um, we jump around a bit. And there's a little bit of debate about how many letters are written here. But um, we move from 538 BC, which is the time that they have returned, to then, we jump forward quite a long way, and the first letter is written in 486 BC, then there's another letter written in 464 BC. So basically, from verses 6 to verses 24, because that's all... um, quite a lot further forward in the timeline and then at the end of the chapter we go back to where we were so i'm sorry if that's confusing people but there's just um there's a number of letters written in this chapter um and they are at different times to the story that we're in so at the beginning of this chapter um we see that the two leaders of israel refuse the help that's offered them in verse 2 why do you think they
2: do that? What's that about? So um, a reason is given from the uh, from Zerubbabel and Jeshua, and they said that actually this, the decree that King Cyrus gave was only for the exiles returning to Jerusalem to build. But that's not the only thing. That's like a surface level telling the people that this is why. But actually underneath, there's also some concern that the people around have been influenced Uh, by others which have led them to worship other gods and this is a concern also about the holiness and um, it's almost like a return to the faith for the people.
1: Yeah because it's it's interesting what they don't say isn't it they do say we worship your god as you do and we've been sacrificing to him ever since the days of those kings that (laughs) king whose name I can't pronounce Um, but what they don't say is we actually been also sacrificing to all the other gods and it's that it's that sense of reset that sense of purity that um that the leaders of israel are really keen keen to maintain from the beginning
0: yeah that's great um and it's interesting isn't it how quickly it turns so as soon as they refuse their help because they're not 100 percent committed to the god of israel it then starts to get nasty so in verses four five and six what um what opposition different and different styles of opposition do we see in these verses uh
1: so in verse 4 we can see that they used fear um that the people of the land made the people of Judah afraid to build in verse 5 we see that they used bribery uh and uh and then in verse 6 we can see that they then resort to writing accusations against them And it's interesting, isn't it, that all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius. And I read something that said that is 16 years of intimidation. (laughs) And by verse 24, guess what? It's quite effective. And the
0: work stops. I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah. And it's just if you just get the impression, don't you, from that reading that it's relentless, like they're trying every different strategy they can to put them off. It's not like they just have a little poke at them but they're pretty committed, aren't they, to changing their mind.
1: I read a thing Mm. that said that it would have disrupted things like supply lines, like even stuff for them to be able to build the temple. It's not like they just attacked the people, frustrated the people. They attacked actual, like that's what the bribery was about, attacking supply Mm. lines. It was suggestions, sneering, intimidation, threats, discrediting them. It was just, yeah, just awful.
0: Yeah, it was wholehearted opposition, wasn't it? Let's just say um, they were all in to put them off. Um did anything strike you then particularly about the, the letter that we see um, in Verses
2: 6 to 24? Yeah, so the, the letter, obviously, it was written with the hope to continue to provide another extra channel of opposition, and really had a lot of bad things to say about what the the jews were doing in jerusalem um and even said uh that they've gone there to the to rebuild the rebellious and wicked city um and once the once all the work's done that they will not like pay tribute custom toll or any royal revenue to the to the king and so this is like an added layer of um reinforcement to the opposition um, right to the highest level saying like untruths about what's going on as well as um, just building that sense of resentment towards what's going on as well.
1: Yeah and they really work hard don't they to discredit the Israelites at the same time as they're beefing themselves up so they're really like this will happen this bad thing will happen they're wicked you know rebellious and all those things and then they say in verse 14 now because we eat the salt of the palace basically they're like because we eat with you because we have this good relationship with you and it's not fitting for us to witness the king's dishonor like it would be so awful for us to see these awful things happen to you because we're friends that's why we're doing this and And, you know, we make known to the king that if this city is rebuilt and its walls finished in verse 16, you will then have no possession in the province beyond the river. So actually, in some ways, they're not only using bribery and suggestion and intimidation with the Israelites, they're also using it with the king to try and get him to do what they want. They're all over Mm -hmm. manipulative and awful under the guise of trying to care about the king.
2: Mm. like just as they were trying to make the or trying to get the israelites to fear they're here they're getting the king to fear they're like fear that you you won't have a a hold of power amongst these people fear Mm. your kingship being challenged
1: and it's fascinating isn't it because actually the israelites don't really want to rebuild jerusalem at the moment they're just rebuilding the temple so it's like a half twisted truth there's so many i just think there's so many echoes of the devil in the garden of eden here where he's like half truths twisting of um yeah it's just fascinating
0: and how does the king respond what's the response that we see in verses 17 to 23
2: so he plain he tells them that it needs to be it needs to stop um and he makes a decree uh that these men be made to cease and the city be not be rebuilt i think um
1: the additional sadness that we don't see here in ezra but which we do see at the beginning of nehemiah is that actually it's not just that the work ceases it's then what has been built is attacked and in uh, nehemiah chapter one verse three we see that the wall of jerusalem is broken down and its gates destroyed by fire so the the people, the local officials uh, in Jerusalem, in and around Jerusalem, use it as an excuse to to destroy what, as much as possible, what is already there.
0: I was encouraged though, in verse 21, like Juliet mentioned, remember when we studied Esther, Um, it's a big deal, isn't it, if a king makes a decree because he can't go back on it. But I think there's a little glimmer there in the second part of verse 21, Um. That the city cannot be rebuilt until a decree is made by me, and so I think we're supposed to see in that a little bit of hope that they're not being banned forever, but that the king wants he wants control over the situation. But if he changes his mind, then that, there's a possibility that that could happen. Mm. Um, ladies, what have you ever encountered opposition for your faith?
2: And when you do, what what is helpful? How do you deal with that? Well, I think, um, so we live in a place where there's a lot of opposition. Yeah, we've seen a lot of believers, brothers and sisters who've been asked not to meet, um, who have had their Sunday services um, interrupted by yeah police and um, then taken for questioning and taken for even children taken for questioning and it's been like quite a big challenge seeing that happen and just feeling the sort you know the fear that oh it could be you know it could be our meeting or it could be um yeah and i guess for us a lot of people who had been in our position, were asked to leave. Um, And so that's also a real possibility here. Um, So yeah, I think (laughs) it's how we deal with in the face of that fear um, is quite a big challenge. But we've been able to see people just uh, become even more bold um, when faced with things like that um we've been able to see people find actually when they break into smaller groups then they've been able to see others come to faith and that's been a big encouragement and i think person yeah just personally like we've we just get encouraged by um yeah just passages like this where we see well we'll see later on (laughs) when we keep reading um that the Israelites take courage because they know who's really in control um, and that's yeah a real encouragement to us.
1: The thing that I took from this little section was the, the, the glimmers like you said in, in verse 21 so I work in the national hospital in my city in the emergency department the adult emergency department and um, I was introduced very explicitly as um, a worker using the m word um to my colleagues who are all um cousins and uh that resulted in an awful lot of opposition for <laughs> about the first month that i was there i don't work there every day um but uh, it was the glimmers the kindnesses of god in the midst of the opposition uh that were helpful so the The person who just sort of turned to me and was like oh well actually you guys are closer you know as Protestants you guys are closer to us than the Catholics because of this and I mean like it wasn't a great conversation because I was like really I would have said very differently but you know just there was like a three-minute conversation about that and so it's I think like here in in verse 21 it's just the It's searching for the kindnesses in the midst of the opposition, like recognizing that there is evidence of God there. You know, like when we did um, Ruth and Naomi was so blinded um, by her suffering and her struggles that she couldn't see the goodness of God. And so it's, it's that in the face of opposition. Okay, where can I see God at work? Even if it feels like he's not here, he is. And where is that? Where can I see that?
0: yeah, and I was reminded about the passage where Jesus basically encouraged the disciples that he was opposed and so so oh. and that you know, I think when when things are hard here in a different way to for you guys, it's helpful to remember, isn't it, that Jesus told us to expect it and that it's it's the normal experience of a faithful Christian. Um, mm. still hard great so let's move into chapter five and at the beginning of chapter five there's a reference to two prophets Haggai and Zechariah both those guys were blessed to have their prophecies in the old testament and so um I thought it might be helpful for us to start this by just thinking about what they said what those prophecies were to the people so in Haggai chapter one Haggai brings quite strong rebuke and challenge to the people because they've stopped building God's house and yet they're very concerned with their own house. And the people respond really um, beautifully to that and are really repentant. And then we see in verse 13 of that chapter, God really promises that he's going to meet them in that place and his, his presence will go with them as they seek to rebuild in the face of all this opposition. So yeah, Haggai's a really short book, but there's a really... Beautiful rebuke to the people, and then they see that they were sent back with this purpose of building God's house and they get back to work. Juliet, have you got something for us on Zechariah?
2: Yeah. So um, in Zechariah, in chapter one, he speaks of um, God wanting them to say, uh, God saying to them, Return to me, and I will return to you. And he's asking them to turn around and he's explaining again that there's the 70 years that they are going to be he's they're going to be punished and this is pointing towards the time when they're exiles in Babylon and then afterwards he's going to be um can't return to Jerusalem with with mercy and his house is going to be rebuilt there and so Zechariah continues to um provide encouragement and he uses a lot of imagery talking about how there's going to be mountains before um the jews and the israelites and and uh, yeah and those mountains are going to be like a level ground for them and he's going to bless their work and help them complete it
0: great so that ties in really well doesn't it to these first five verses of chapter five um, what do we see here about how God provides help for his people?
1: Uh, we can see in verse 2 of chapter 5 that the prophets of God were with the with the Israelites um, and supporting them. And then again in verse 5, we can see the eye of their God, that's the Israelites' God, was on the elders of the Jews and they did not stop the officials did not stop the Israelites until the report should reach Darius. So basically God is at work. We can see the prophets working and then God himself is directly at work to prevent um yeah, to prevent the politicians from doing what they want to do.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it, With the whole the prophets are doing what the prophets do and then the elders of the people are doing what they do. And so God definitely works, doesn't he, through means and through different people to um, encourage his people and give them the confidence that he's there and he cares and he's at work. Um, And then there's some more letter writing goes on. (laughs) So (laughs) I feel like the summary of these three chapters would would be 10 (laughs) pounds. What do we see then? Then what stands out about this letter from verse six to
2: seventeen? So um, it's interesting that um, in this letter to King Darius, there's a lot of uh, different words of God um, that he uses within there. Um, like he 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 says um, the servants have got of the God of heaven and earth, and they're rebuilding their house um, and. So he's, he's sort of rephrase, rephrasing this to this is originally what King Cyrus has, has decreed for them to do. And so this is what they are, are doing for um, rather than saying, like we said before, they're not saying they're rebuilding Jerusalem, but they're actually rebuilding the house of God. Um, and that focus is regained.
1: I really liked the way that the um, the... Israelites respond to the initial sort of challenge that the officials put to them. In verse 11, they say, um, the officials writing to Darius say, and this was the Israelites reply to us, we are the servants of the God of heaven and earth. Um, And so it's like the Jews, the Israelites are saying, we are not the leaders, because the officials have asked for the leaders' names, and the Israelites are saying, we are not the leaders, we are not the ones doing this, it is the God of heaven and earth who is doing this. I just really love the way that they do that. Yeah, in the face of, again, opposition, they could have just given the names, but they were like, no, no,
0: we're not leading this, this is from God. I was also really struck by that little bit, just after that, Helen, where they're describing the fact that they were defeated by a foreign power and taken into exile. But even the way that they describe that is that was God's work. Like we messed up and as a display of God's power, we were taken away from our homeland. Um, I Yeah, I just thought, wow, when, even when life doesn't go the way we would choose it or really upsetting and disappointing mm-hmm. things happen, God's still at work, isn't he? And God's still on his throne. And they're able to express that um, as God's work.
2: Yeah, so it seems like these officials or the govern new uh this tatanae, the governor, is more neutral, like he's not um opposed to what's going on, but is asking for
0: Yeah, there there's a sense in which they they are the king makes the rules, doesn't he? You know, like it's it's all a bit like the last letter, if it's good for the king, there's a lot of them. Um, yeah. The king is the boss in this situation.
1: And in verse 16, it seems like Pat um, and I or the officials want to make the link between the original decree and the current activity, even though it's um, so far in the past. You know, he's saying, this is what happened. Take these vessels, go and put them in the temple that is in Jerusalem and let the house of God rebuilt on its site. Then this Shesh Bazar came and laid the foundation and it's basically it's been going on until now. It's like there is a direct link between what is happening now and what happened with Cyrus. So this is why it's important that we look for this decree in the in the archives.
0: Yeah, and then I guess there's there's a big debate. Then I think that maybe we don't feel so strongly about will will that be found? You know, because there's the empire is massive. Like the king doesn't always stay in the same place. And so, actually, finding this piece of paper from a, a lot of years earlier is going to be quite challenging. Okay, so then we move into chapter six, where we see Darius's response to this letter. Um, and um, there's a happy ending, let's just say, without being too much of a spoiler. So, what was the result of Darius's search?
2: So successful.
0: <laughs>
1: it was successful,
2: but
0: it
1: wasn't like they didn't find the decree in Babylon, did they? They found it in no. a completely different place.
2: In um, a holiday they found home. it in
1: Yeah. Akbatana. <laughs> it's the city of Hamadan now. It still exists. It's in Iran. Um,
0: the be- the beach house of the king. Yeah. Um okay, so he was. He was pretty committed to looking, wasn't he, and finding it, which is interesting. Um, What do we see in this chapter that Darius is doing? And then also,
2: what do we see that God's doing? Darius tells him to continue, to give permission to continue the work. But um, he also adds that all the costs are to be paid for by the royal treasury. And so this is pretty significant and but I think because the decree that they found was not the same exact same one as the original decree that was made there were some limits to what the size of the Mm -hmm. um the size of the temple should be.
1: Yeah so we can see really clearly can't we that Darius is is saying okay I will uphold what Sirius has written I mean he doesn't really have a choice but then he goes beyond that and says more than upholding this i'm going to provide funds for you to do it and if anyone tries to stop you i'm 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 gonna stop them in a not very nice way
0: (laughs) yeah that was quite there's quite graphic description of how they're going to be killed if they try and stop the work isn't there so how do we see god's hand in this section and what does that how does that help us well I mean the very fact that the record was even found you know like frankly
1: they could have stopped when they searched Babylonia but they didn't and they found it in the holiday home I mean how did it get there we don't even know but this tiny bit of paper this scroll was preserved as it was moved from one place to another and then it was found all the tiny details and then the fact that Darius has moved to provide funds I'm sure that wasn't out of the goodness of his own heart. And back in earlier chapters in Ezra, we see how the spirit of the Lord moved people to do things. Yeah, although it doesn't explicitly say it here, for me,
0: clear evidence of the Lord at work. Yeah, there's, um, there's so much good comes out of the opposition, isn't there? And God turns something that is bad to be a blessing for his people and um, to, for the, more than to honour his name and to help them in that process. Um, How does the Passover then and the dedication sections at the end of this help our hearts um, be pointed towards Jesus?
2: Yeah, so the Passover was to remember God's deliverance um, of the Israelites from Egypt. And now they're able to celebrate in God delivering them uh, from exile in Babylon and then now delivering them from um opposition it was and this dedication it said um the dedication of this house of god with joy like the joy that they had in the completion of everything and yeah just of being able to celebrate god's deliverance
1: yeah and the and the dedicate i mean we talked about this a bit last week but the dedication and the in verse 15 it says Uh, and this house was finished on the third day of the month of Adar in the sixth year of the reign of Darius the king which is almost exactly 70 years after the destruction of the first temple just like um, it was prophesied and so you know this this completion and this dedication is a huge deal because it's not only have you managed to do the temple but God's promises are true he's true in both his loving promises and he's also true in his discipline of you um he does not punish more than is required Uh, i just found that really encouraging to my heart (laughs) Mm. the other thing i found quite helpful was in um verse 21 because they're talking about the passover lamb and then it says the passover lamb it was eaten by the people of israel who had returned from exile and also by everyone who had joined them and separated himself from the uncleanness of the peoples of the land to worship the lord and so you can hear you can see here it's not only um jews but it's also non-jews by you know non-jews by birth who get to take part in this passover and so they're They're divided along religious rather than racial lines. And I'd never seen that before. And I just think that that is just pointing, isn't it, to the inclusiveness of Jesus, how he is for everybody, not just white Western English speakers. He is for everybody.
0: And that's really helpful at the end of this section, because at the beginning of the section, people came and said, can we help you build the temple? And it felt like they... You know, you could read that as they were quite racist and were like, no, only Israelites can build the temple. But actually they saw the heart, didn't they, of those people and they weren't, their hearts weren't entirely for the God of Israel. And yet here there is so much inclusion for people who want to worship the Lord alone. So, yeah, I thought that was, yeah, that's really helpful bookend of the three chapters, isn't it? That at either side we see that actually if our hearts are to worship God... Everybody's welcome, even in the Old Testament. Um, anything specific in these chapters, ladies, that encouraged you or has been helpful for you this week?
2: <laughs> we didn't look at verse 22 in chapter 6, where uh, the Lord had made them joyful and turn, even turned the heart of the king of Assyria to them so that the work be aided. And I just feel like that, again, is repeating themes that we've seen in chapter 1 and um, of God having stirring our hearts of god turning the hearts here of kings and um just the lord giving them joy and so i feel like it's like a great request isn't it when we pray to ask god to give us joy and yeah he loves to do that and and
1: gives us hope that the hearts of those who don't yet love him can be changed whether that's mm. family members or whether it's friends or colleagues around us um it is it is possible god can do it and we should be praying for that
0: yeah yeah I, this chap this these chapters were really helpful to me this week i think in just reminding my heart that there's a bigger reality than the one i always i see in the immediate because i think if something goes wrong like a letter's written against us for example i am all in that negative emotion about how awful that is and how hard that is. And yet this is such a helpful few chapters, isn't it? In seeing that God takes hard things and turns them for better. And so, yeah, I just, I guess the challenge for me is when something difficult happens, can my heart more quickly go to that place of saying, I wonder what God's going to do here. I wonder how God's going to turn this for his good and his glory. Um Cause that that's hard that and naturally that's really hard for me so I, I've really appreciated this chapter of just that bigger picture of God's in control isn't it more than bishops or other um authorities that are over us and in a smaller sense looking forward to getting to the controversial chapters of the book of Esther in the next few weeks we um, Ezra sorry yeah, I was gonna say you do know we're in
1: Ezra right <laughs>
0: Ezra, sorry. Um, Yeah, lovely to be with you ladies. Thanks for listening, people. We are looking at the next two chapters
2: of Ezra next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.